Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up with some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hey, I'm Rachel and I missed all the music. Yeah, Rachel. Hey, welcome back for another week. I know, we're on episode eight. Wow. Nine. Nine. Wow. <laughs> we just did eight. We did. Um, so my question for you this week, as we get to know each other in this journey, um, I know you like to read. Mm, I do. And that you're interested in history. Mm, you know me well. I you know. Must have, you must have known me for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question for you this week is what is your favorite Mark Twain book? <gasps> oh, or quote, or whatever. Your favorite Mark Twain thing. There's a few things about Mark Twain that I really like. But I really... So I'm going to tell you a scene of okay. Mark Twain that I really like. Because I've actually noticed it out of my daughter. Where she is supposed to paint the fence. And I have told her to paint the fence. But somehow, she somehow gets one of her friends to paint the fence. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Billy. Mm. Do not get suckered in by my daughter. No, 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 no. My kid needs to paint the fence. So mm. that's my favorite scene, mainly because my kid is uh, struggling at painting fences right now. So um, you're saying Huck Finn. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mine's Tom Sawyer. Hmm. Tom Sawyer. I could see that in you. Why? Why is Tom Sawyer your favorite? I'm raising my eyebrows because that's a big clue to this Tom week's artist. Tom. Tom Petty? No, but that is a person. Good job. And that is a musical person, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I remember them being announced for the Super Bowl one year, not knowing who they were, but um, yeah. Sure. Um, well, no, this, this uh, particular artist actually has a very famous song called Tom Sawyer. Who is that? Well, you want to find out? Yeah, let's do this. That didn't give it away, so I guess you don't know. Here we go. Drum roll. Rush. Oh. Like the fast food place? No, I'm not familiar with this fast food place. Hmm. There's a place downtown, um, well, not downtown, but in Columbia, South Carolina, in the capital of South Carolina. And mm-hmm. it's a fast food joint that mm-hmm. does um, really great hamburgers, but they're, um, I also like their fries. So, Cool story. That doesn't have anything to do. Well, they're, they're, the restaurant's called Rush. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so is this very famous band. Huh. Okay. In fact... This is kind of going to be um, a new genre, even, for you this week. What? Yeah. I thought we hit them all. <laughs> Not even close. Really? Yeah. I have done some really good work. Yeah, I know. Oh. Well, I'm I... sorry to disappoint you. I feel like I've done so much. <laughs> I've done the homework. Why am I not getting the A? You are getting the A. You get an A. You get a gold star from me every week. But I love gold stars. Um, let's talk about Rush for a minute. Yes. Um, have you? Um, did you know that is a band? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a fast food joint, though. Right. Um, I'll read you a couple titles of the song, so I don't think it will help. Um, they have a song called The Trees. Hmm. No? Okay. No. They, have a, they have a song called Tom Sawyer. That was a no. no. Um, <laughs> uh, they have a song called YYZ. You know, like huh. Z. Yeah. Nope. No. Yeah, no. That's not going to do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm guessing. Have you ever heard of a person named Neil Pert? No, but I have a friend that named their kid Rush. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I should have gotten that guest host instead of this one. Hmm. Pretty cool. <laughs> I'll well, let... if you want. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. 
I at well, least want to text her and ask her if she named her kid after this man <laughs> or the fast food joint. What are the two? <laughs> we'll definitely find that tidbit out before we come back next week. But just so you have a little inf- info, um, but if you could just go ahead and rate your current knowledge of the band Rush on a scale of one to 10, one being you've never heard of them before and 10 being, I guess you name your kid after them. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's going to turn into a Hall and Oats where I'm going to like hear a song and be like, oh, this was them. But then I'm really hesitant. So I think I'm going to. I would not say this one. is like Hall and Oats. A one, a true one. I think it's, I'm going to stick with the one because I think I'm just hoping and wishing and guessing, but really that's not gotten me anywhere. So let's stick with the one. Okay. I mean, I would suspect that you don't know anything about this group. Um, Who's joining us though? Yeah. So I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but it's my husband, Gary. Gary? (laughs) Why are you making that face? Gary likes fast food. He's no, he likes to go to the gym. Rachel, focus. We're talking about a progressive rock band called Rush. They're Canadian. They're Canadian. He is not Canadian. No, I know. But this, look, listen, this is my husband's favorite band. Huh. This is the first time one of our husbands have come on this. I know. Season five, almost to season six. That's kind of cool. I've been asking Gary since season one. <laughs> so Yeah, I've asked mine and he gives me a flat no. But he does tell me each time I tell him which band we're working on that week. Oh, I know who they are. And I'm like, if you know all this music, why don't you come on the show? Like, well, well, George Banks. Look, you're in for a treat because you get to listen to Rush every day for the next week. And then... We get to come back together and talk about it with Gary. I'm excited about that. I like Gary. He's cool. Audience, if you want to hear the playlist that Gary and I made for Rush, you can check it out by going on Spotify and searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed. Rachel, I hope you're excited about this week. It's going to be special. I think so. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's something from the 90s. All that will be revealed mm. and more, <laughs> and more in a week. An audience will be back with you in just a just moment. A moment. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to Prague Rock Superstars Rush. How did it go? It went good. I found myself tapping on a lot of things throughout the week. <laughs> Ooh, well, that made someone else in the room smile really big. <laughs> and that person's my husband, Gary. Hi. Hi, Gary. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Rachel. I'm glad to spend the time talking about Rush and uh, chatting with you and just uh, seeing what you thought about the band. Yeah, I've only been asking him to do this for five years, so well, it look, happened. Well, look, when you're talk- talking about Rush, you, you, you have to, it's like fine wine, which we can get into a bit later, but you just <laughs> it just takes time. It really takes time. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad he's here. That's cool. So, Gary, I was actually hoping that we could start by you telling Rachel why why you are here why you like rush what's your rush story so my my rush story started uh very early uh in my life in fact when i was 8 i was introduced to rush uh by a neighbor and my neighbor uh was a drummer and he and his buddies had a jam band and they would oh. play different different songs and different by different artists. And one of the bands that they played a ton was Rush. And I would sit there for for I thought hours just listening to them jam until I was called home uh, for dinner. But uh, the music really stuck with me, and I really got interested um, in them uh, from that, and I've loved them ever since. 
That is really cool, Gary. You got a lot of cool points for that little story. I like that. That's cool. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, so, Rachel, um, you had never heard of this band before. No. Have I heard of, of many bands before? No. Um, but I'm sure, I know you came up with a lot of questions and that you have a lot of questions about who this band is that Gary is very prepared to answer. That's awesome. So, <laughs> I was actually, when I was listening through the week, I was just like trying to figure out, you know, is there like this California accent? Is there a New York? Is there a Southern? Is it, you know, Seattle? And we're not going to talk about Seattle right now. Oh, that band. Um, anywho, I just couldn't put it, like, it was on the tip of my tongue and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Well, Rachel, you were, you were close. I'm sorry for interrupting. You were so close, but you were a little south. In fact, Rush hails from Canada. Uh, all three members are, are, are Canadian. And they, they started, uh, the band started in 1968 outside of Toronto, Canada. Canada? Have we yeah. done any other bands from Canada? Um, Rachel, I don't think so. I mean, there are some we plan to cover that I can think of off the top of my head. But this is definitely... I think this is the first Canadian band. Huh. Oh, Canada. Huh. Oh, okay. Canada. Yeah. You know, in fact, Rachel, it's interesting. They, the, the guitarist, Alex Lifeson, which we can talk about him in a minute, uh, started the band with, with his neighbor, uh, a guy by the name of John uh, Rusty. And John was the original drummer of the band. In fact, before they became a rush, they called themselves the Projection. And that was the name of the band. And they were kind of a glam band. Uh, and they were friends with Getty Lee, uh, who was, they were all kind of like classmates in, in school. Getty Lee is the singer. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. you're saying that you got to know this band with your neighbor and the bandmates are neighbors. So <laughs> it was, it was just perfect. <laughs> yes. You know, I hadn't considered that, that, that connection, Rachel, but I think the more I think about it, you're right. That was exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's <is> perfect. <laughs> neighbors love neighbors by sharing music. Yeah. And so it's interesting. One of the questions people ask, and I'm sure you thought about this, is, you know, why would you name the band Rush? Yes. Right? And so it's interesting because there's actually some weird, like, folklore of why that's the case. And one of the one of the stories is that, that, that John Rusty... Um, commented to the band members when they were before they had some some gigs because they didn't have a name and so they were frantically searching for a name and he just said rush and so the the the, the idea is that they were rushing to find a name to call themselves and he just said call yourselves rush and so that's how they got the name really well that's that, see that's a very anticlimactic story is, but, <laughs> but you know sometimes you know, you know like a lot of things in life you start with a small seed and it grows right we can talk yeah. about that in a minute but <laughs> But you start with a friend giving the suggestion. In fact, he was the original. I said he was the original drummer. Well, he he was drummer before Neil Peart, who came in later in in the early seventies. He's the the drummer. The the, the drummer. The drummer, really, just the drummer. Yeah. Well, the drummer oh, and the lyricist. I I just mean like he's just like one of like the best drummers of all time. Well, and and we can say that, we can say it this way: he he was t- definitely top ten top 10 <laughs> so wait a second how many people are in this band so uh the core of the band is just three people oh wow so, it sounds like there's more well it does sound like there's more and we can we can talk about that right now because <laughs> what made rush so interesting to me was was their their albums and the depth of the uh, musicianship on the, on their albums um and because they they came out of a type of music called prog rock and it, that even that label is a progressive rock even that label is kind of it's, it's hard to kind of get a finger of what that actually is we should try anyway though rachel do you, have you heard of this phrase before prog rock no ha- have we but you ha- actually i think you have because i think uh, this wonderful podcast that has been put on by my wife has talked about the beatles and one and one of the records that uh is kind of early prog rock uh, is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band uh, by the Beatles. Because club band. Club band. Club band. Club, 
Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sorry, we're here, we're here, to, we're here to talk about Rush. I'm sorry. But... Uh, you know what? You're the one brought up the Beatles. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so one of the things that made that album so spectacular for the Beatles was it mixed, it fused a lot of different types of instruments and music uh, into their pop sound. And so, so part of the idea of, of, of prog rock is it's kind of a fusion of different styles of music all together. It's a little bit of jazz, a little bit of folk, a little bit of classical, all kind of mixed together. Um, and so that's kind of the basis of prog rock. Um, and the other aspect of it is it moved away from just music being bands releasing just single after single after single to really kind of putting together kind of the concept album. We have talked that. Yeah. We have talked a lot about um, conceptual albums and that with Beyonce, definitely... right? Well, with um, with a lot of artists that we've talked about, whether it's Beyonce or the Who or the Le- Beatles or Led Zeppelin. Or Led Ze- I mean, so many different bands, especially in this this kind of late sixties, early seventies time period. There's a lot of this happening, and the the earliest song on your playlist, "Working Man." To me, it has a very Zeppelin-y vibe. Yes, definitely. Very classic. Very heavy Zeppelin uh, feel to it. And that's, yeah. and that was, that's some of the earliest influences from, from, from Getty Lee and from um, Alex Lifeson, who, if you want to know a great factoid, Rachel, so his real name is Alex Zivojinovich. Wow, and, that is a handful. And so that last name is Serbian and it, the semi-literal translation is "son of life." Oh, I like so we that. Can't, so his stage name is Alex Lifeson. Oh, oh. yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Rachel, what's what's another question that you have? We've got their band name. We've got the people. We've got where they're from. So we what were talking next? a little bit about how the drummer is the drummer, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like. Am I right? The main guy in the band is not the vocalist. It's actually the drummer, right? Well, that the idea of main guy. So what, you have three uh, talented musicians that all kind of together are are more than the sum of the parts, right? So mm-hmm. Getty Lee is the bass player. He is he was a keyboardist. Um, Alex Lifeson was primarily the guitarist, and then Neil Peart. Um, was the drummer involved in the percussion and also uh, wrote most of the lyrics to the, to their songs. So there wasn't just one guy that was the guy, so to speak. It was kind of this collection of really talented musicians coming together to, to make something bigger than they were individually. So are they like all best friends? Yes. But before, before we go on, let me just say this, and this is, a sad note even at this point of the podcast so neil pert passed away this year 2020 um, it, worst year ever yeah, he passed away in january um wow. and, and he, he he had cancer he passed away complications oh. because of cancer and in fact they the band had kept it kept it secret they hadn't told people outside of kind of their their circle and so they because he was a i mean he had some interesting things happen in his life i mean he was a um he he had been married and his daughter and his wife within a few years um passed away um mm. yeah and so and so you have this interesting guy um who he was introverted he was a drummer he was thoughtful a very well read man but he had this tragedy in his life and so even though even, even though he eventually remarried and had another had some more children that that incident that that experience in his life really kind of marked him and marked some of the music and how he wrote um kind of later part of the uh, the story of rush huh. huh okay so he was the writer of the music um the lyrics the lyrics, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. so did he um collaborate with anyone else or was it just mainly him well they would they would do some collaboration i mean for example you know, one of the songs on on the on the playlist, Tom Sawyer, was actually uh, those lyrics were from another band that the they were friends with, and that Neil Peart took that music, took those lyrics, and uh, kind of made his own modifications, and they wrote the music, and then they created that song, Tom Sawyer. So that wasn't necessarily his lyrics, but he he used someone else um, someone else's bass to make it his own. Let me ask this while we're 
talking because you brought up a couple brought up Tom Sawyer which is from their most popular album most Hmm. pivotal album most well known most well known maybe that's the better word Um, Gary how you said they got together in 68 Mm -hmm. how long how, how much music are we talking about here right for Rachel's understanding how many albums how many years so you know in the in the in the mid 2010s they had this uh tour called uh, r40 which was the 40th year of the band so uh and, and they had been and they they were very much studio musicians but also they toured and so and, and we're talking we're talking about like 25 million record sales which put them about 88th of all time in the united states 40 million record sales worldwide um 24 gold records 14 platinum three multi-platinum so they were um they were very uh, kind of accomplished uh, musicians, but also accomplished in, in selling their, selling their music and attracting a, a very dedicated audience to what they did. Wow. I really missed a lot. Yeah. You, you act surprised like week after week I do. as, <laughs> as our friends come in and tell you, here's another, of the most famous people. Here's another thing you missed, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> And I still get surprised every week. <laughs> so, um, so they do studio and they do concerts. Gary, yeah. have you seen them in the concert? I have. Really? I have. Yeah. So I, I've seen them once in concert. And this was probably the mid-90s. I think it might might have been the Counterparts tour. Um, and I saw them in, in Dallas at uh, Reunion Arena. Uh, there was a band that open for them called Candlebox for those of you that are old enough to know who they they were uh and uh you know I sat with a friend my friend that introduced me to Rush uh we went together to the concert oh really yeah and so he had been cool he had been many times but he wanted to share that with me and and it was it was spectacular because their their live shows they really only have three people on stage the entire time okay um, wow. And so, and they had, you know, these big video screens. They have, they were also well known for their, they had funny stuff on stage sometimes, like, like washing machines or like uh, <laughs> funnies coming out of a large, large hat, uh, kind of, kind of to fill the stage, basically. Like it, a visual, yeah. like gag? Some, sometimes a gag. Sometimes they were making fun of artists that had like tons of speakers and things oh. like that. So they were kind of doing their own little shindig. One of the things about Rush was interesting is that when live is um, a couple things. So, uh, so Neil Peart sometimes had 40 pieces in his drum kit. Like he, it was 40 pieces, 40 pieces, like cymbals and all different types of percussions. I can believe they, that. Yeah. And so one of the things that they also do um, live is that they had so much of their studio mu- music was so complicated and so kind of intricate. They had um, everything sampled. And so they could, in real time, each per each musician wouldn't just play their part. They would also do stuff on the the samplers to to match the studio sound of okay. different instruments of, of different sounds of you know different percussions that they just couldn't carry on you know on tour. Do you know what that is, Rachel? A sampler? No. <laughs> so basically, they they took the music from the the um, from the studio sound from the from the studio tapes and basically put it on a digital sort of recording. It's kind of like, it's like being able to like push play, like, oh, right here, there's an extra thing. And I can't play this keyboard and this bass and do you know, like, I can't do everything at the same time. So you can press uh-huh. it either like with a pedal, right? And so it's like duplicity of... movie. Uh... I'm not, I don't, I've never <laughs> seen that movie. So I'm going to say. No, sure, is there a multiplicity? It's that, that one guy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that one guy. <laughs> Yeah, the, that, that one guy who did that thing. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. I, I don't. So, so what? What made it interesting, Rachel, with Rush is, uh, you know how some bands you, you hear the record and like this band sounds awesome, and then you see them live and you go, oh, this band isn't as good. I would say that most people understand that sentiment. Yeah. I don't know that Rachel understands okay. that sentiment. Well, that, that is a calm. That is a, that 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 happens. <laughs> Let me just say this, Rachel. You know, maybe next season you can have an episode on live versus studio. Who knows? But Rush really were um, you know, craftsmen in what they did, and and made the, the point of the the live show to be 
as close as possible without doing, you know, kind of not cheating with like, you know, tapes and things like that, but as live as possible to match the studio sound. I like that. I like that because I think there was another band that we did with Music She Missed and there was one of the songs that you posted in their one hour homework that it was on, it was some concert one. And I was like, this doesn't sound like them or something like that. And I couldn't match it. And so yeah. I like that Rush kind of does that effort. That's really cool. They they got a star on that one. Rachel, did you have another question about? Yes. So when I was listening to her music and looking at their cover art, they're interesting. Um, they're very artistic in their cover art. There's one of them that has dogs on it. Are they dog lovers? You know, Rachel, um, that's a really great question. Uh, and I didn't have, I didn't phone a friend. Uh, I, I, I can't, you know, I'm going to make the assumption that they are not unkind to animals. And I'm going to make the assumption that depending on where they are, who they're with, they, they, they might like dogs. So uh, I, in my, in my own understanding and what I looked up and saw, I can't give you a definitive answer. Uh, it's not because he didn't try though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope he didn't spend too much time on that question. Um, you will I get spent about that. a week on the question, Rachel. <laughs> You're funny. Gary abandoned work and went into the, the rush. <laughs> he used up all his vacation days of 2020 for it. <laughs> <laughs> and for uh, what? For what? Dogs on the cover. But I'm a dog lover, so I was like finding ways to relate to them. And also, Mm -hmm. I just I really like them as a drummer. Um, One of my best friends in high school was the drummer of the band um, that they some high school band that they were in. And Mm -hmm. um, she just had her first daughter. um, And I was like, oh, I want to get a little drum set for her because, you know, her mama was the drummer in high school. Um. So. Kind of As cool. someone that grew up with someone else in the household who plays drums, you better ask for permission first. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Don't She's... get anybody a drum kit without asking everyone that lives in that house. <laughs> I would say a drum kit and a recorder. Dude, that thing is annoying. <laughs> Recorders are a lot quieter. You know, Rachel, oh, one of the things... That's that... So the song Roll um, the Bones... Who's talking in the middle of the song? Oh, yes. That's a great question. So so one of the things about, about Rush is you, have, is you have to remember is they love to experiment. They love to try new things. And so, cool. and so, and in fact, if you look at their, their whole kind of body of work, I mean, from the early days to the synth stuff, to the, um, to the kind of the new wave pop sound, to reggae, to ska, back to hard rock they're always trying something different they're always they're always trying to improve on what they're doing in fact uh you know getty lee once said that you know music is about working to be better at it right and so there's so so the rap little breakdown and roll the bones is interesting so (laughs) is it (laughs) it is because they because neil pert was wanted to it was trying to experiment with a rap thing right and he and he and he was had listened to like LL Cool J and mm-hmm. Public Enemy, and was like, "This is let's try let's try this." And but they weren't. One of the issues was they weren't sure if they wanted to get like a real rapper to do it or something. Someone like uh, uh, like uh, John Cleese to kind of do, kind of mock it. They they weren't sure what to do, so they didn't do either. And so what they did was they so Getty Lee did it, but they they um, kind of put effects on his vocals. Uh. So that's just Getty Lee singing really low, right? Um, which, which is unusual. Which he doesn't tell him at all. But <laughs> so it's Getty Lee. So there, there's, there's, it's not someone like out, outside that came in. Which I always thought it was until I looked this up. It was Getty Lee all along. Wow, That's cool. I want to say that I do really like that song. I that, do too. <laughs> that middle part is a little bit. Uh, well, I <laughs> but I do like, like it. I feel like there's a lot of energy in that song where there's a moment where you kind of. You get to take a breath with them. He forces you in the song to take a breath and go into this lower deepness and just, I don't know. I liked it. Rachel, uh, do you have any other questions about the history of the band? Um, so I guess maybe this is more of a historical kind of question. 
from the song um, Animate and then the rest of the song, it sounds a little, I feel like there's something similar with that and something different and the drumming change. Did the drumming change for that song, Animate? In terms of like the drumming change, I I don't think the drumming changed. It was still Neil Peart. I mean, one of the things about Neil, Neil Peart is he was very accomplished in different styles of drumming. So you see, um, of course, there's the rock style right, that, that he does really well, but also he got into jazz drumming and different things and different sorts of types of percussion. Um, so he, he was very well versed in many different styles of, of drumming. And so when you hear, it, if it sounds different, if it sounds, well, wow, that doesn't sound like Neil Peart. It probably was. And so I I can't give you a definitive answer, but but Neil Peart is, was such an accomplished drummer that he could pick up any style and play that style and play it well. So it probably was Neil. And Rachel, it might be worth your time to look up some videos of him drumming. Oh, yeah, but that's cool. That will really maybe like illuminate for you his skills. Yeah, well, he's definitely talented because I think as I was listening throughout the week, at first I was like, am I going to like this? Am I going to like this? But then when I started listening to his drumming, like he is a very talented guy. And I think, and I think the drummer is actually the one that made me like Rush. So. No, that's wonderful. I mean, he, you know, you know, Getty Lee is a, as as a vocalist, as a, as a bass player, um, is excellent in his own right. Alex Lifeson uh, was was a you know a fantastic guitarist, but but Neil Peart, uh, in, in terms of his musicianship, um, was uh, if you could use the word virtuoso in rock and roll, um, you know if you, could, you use that maybe with Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton on guitar. We haven't talked about Eric Clapton. Okay, yet, you'll, you'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of like uh, the skill, uh, he he's top class. And so when you listen to, to, to Neil Peart, you're listening to someone that has uh, spent so, so much of his life, you know, in trying to perfect the art of drumming and, and to learn the craft. In fact, you know, one of the things that you know, he would say sometimes is what is a master, but a master student. And, and mm-hmm. so there's a sense of if he wants to be the best at this. He has to keep learning. And so and, and he did. And throughout his entire time with Rush. And the songs that you gave me in the playlist, those were in chronological order? Yes. Cool. Yeah, I could see him getting better and better through the years. That's cool. <laughs> um, Gary, I know you took a lot of um, notes about their history and about who they are. Um, before we hear Rachel's feedback about the songs, is there anything that you want to say I mean, you can always say it later. Just sure. I mean, you know, one of the things Rachel to 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 consider with a band like Rush that has such a large body of work is you have to think about as you listen to these songs. I mean, it, these are like um, you know bits bits of information across a, a timeline. And so mm-hmm. and so, what you have to do is as you think of a band, think of a band like this, and li- if you listen to like Xanadu or 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 the Trees, right, or even Spirit of the Radio. Is say okay, that's really interesting and good music. Now, how does that compare to you know their later stuff? You get into you know anime, and then you get into further into like you know Clockwork Angels, which is their last record. Um, it, it's very different, but the quality is still there, and the 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 musicianship is still there. It just sounds different, but it's the same band, which is really remarkable. And and even though they didn't necessarily have tremendous like pop commercial success right what they did have was a tremendous body of work as musicians that influenced generations of of drummers and bass players um, and even guitarists um uh, gary who are some of the modern who are some of the the people following in Russia's footsteps who are some of the f- famous people that maybe Rachel doesn't know, but I'll know the, the people that <laughs> like that, that saw what they did and really took it yeah, to heart. Yeah. So like Foo Fighters. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. Bands oh. like that, uh, you know, uh, Queens, right. Dream Theater. So you, you have different sort of different types of bands. Oh, I know uh, some, yes. Yeah, so, no, uh, not Queen. Oh, yeah, Queens, right. So it, it's, <laughs> 
So you Wait, have different types other of... bands named Queen too? Queen's right. Queen's right. Yeah, oh. that's a that's a whole that's maybe that's maybe that's uh number seven. Season, season seven. seven. <laughs> uh, season seven. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because like uh like Neil Pert, like he, he didn't just he wasn't just a musician, like he you know, in, he, he was a teacher. So he, in the sense that he released a lot of books on drumming and things like that. Wow. He was he was also an author of like travel books. So, um, yeah. So really? one of the things, so one Where'd of the, he go? so uh, he did, so he did one book was uh, when he was in Cameroon because uh, he was a, he loved, he loved, he loved, he loved motorbikes. And so he, he one Central Africa is where he, you go. He went, for like a, he went for like a month and he wrote, he wrote a book on his experience. And then, um, and it's, this is sad, but when he, when his wife and his daughter passed away, um, he went on a, like a 55,000 mile, like trek across North America and Central America on his motorcycle by himself. And he visited places and he, and he wrote about it in another book. Um, and so, in fact, this is, a, this is a little, this is a little, uh, little, little tidbit when Rush, um, when, when his, when he had that tragedy, they actually took a five-year hiatus from recording and mm. touring just wow. to give him space. When they came back on tour and come back to, to touring, he would not go with the, uh, band, uh, in the, you know, in the bus, he would ride his motorcycle to, to the different shows across the country. He really was an introvert. He wanted his yeah. own time. <laughs> uh, he, yes. Because it, it, as you listen to the music and you, and you see where his mind was in the music, he needed that time to recharge and also reflect, you know, given the tragedy in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we talk about some of this music? Um, Rachel, you sent me a, a pretty long list of your likes and dislikes. Let's start with the dislikes, get them out of the way. Yeah. What didn't you like? So X Y and Z. That's why Y Y Z. Yeah, Y Y Z. Um, it was too fast. It was too fast. I was just like trying to drum with it, and I was just like <laughs> my my hands are tired. I didn't like um how um I just couldn't keep track of it. That wasn't something I could do. Um, closer mm-hmm. to the heart was another one. Hmm. you didn't like that one because well it's kind of a little weird so that song is actually on my like and dislike list Mm. and um because i like the first half of the song Mm -hmm. but the second half of the song with the screaming yeah uh yeah you know me allison i don't like screaming well, you know, I, I do want to ask you before we talk about your likes, um, what you thought about Getty Lee's voice, because although this seems like a band I should like, no offense, Gary, it's not my thing. And I think part of it is the vocals. And I'm just curious, you know, kind of how they came across to you. Well, it was not just the vocals that I listened to. It was the lyrics and the beat. And so because right. I like the beat and I, because I like the lyrics it kind of over, it kind of forgave some of how they delivered the lyrics in the sense of there was, yeah, the screaming that one for closer to the heart. I just couldn't take. It was a little and too, that's, too that's why it was on both, um, both lists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but his voice, this, the tone of his voice, like, does not offend you? No. If he answers no, it's cool. I'm just curious. No, because whistling really offends me more. Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. It's just it's very distinctive. I was just wondering what you thought about it. But even still, I couldn't even figure out that he was Canadian. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about your likes. So it didn't click to me until we started recording this part B of the this episode. This band is actually referenced in a Friends episode. Really? Yes. Which one? Uh, so Phoebe is talking about it, and she mentions Xanadu, and I think it's when maybe uh, Rachel gives Joey a drum set. <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> 
But I never knew that and it didn't click until we talked about it in this episode because you know it's one of my favorite shows and there's you know things that I still didn't understand because I missed the music and now I actually understand it and Xanadu is actually on my like list um I like the beat of the riff they do in the middle um and I like the bell part because guess what I was in a bell choir when I was a kid facts Gary, do you have any facts about that song? Because that was my favorite song on the playlist. You know, I don't have a lot of facts on Xanadu. It's it's an it, but it's a it's one of those songs that you it's part of the experience. And this is getting back to you know, but what is progressive rock? And it's it's to be kind of to listen and to be analyzed and to be it's kind of a thoughtful approach to rock and roll. And you know, it was kind of in their earlier, more progressive, more like more like Zeppelin. Uh, kind of style of t- type of music and so uh there's some people that like it some people it's not their favorite but uh i enjoy it uh i, I like it because i think it sounds like the first two minutes sound like something you'd hear in like a yoga studio and then you're like no we're here to rock and then it's like no we're going back to the yoga studio <laughs> <laughs> also rachel these songs are really long so unfortunately they you- are you don't get um, as as big of a taste as you would with some other artists because their songs are very long. And, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell, I'll make that mention later. Um, I like the song Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the lyrics are cool and I feel cool because I heard them. And then also I like Mark Twain, so you can't help but like the song Tom Sawyer. And I thought that was kind of cool that, so when he borrowed those lyrics from that person, whoever that was, mm-hmm. did he give him credit? I would assume he did because in another song, Red Barchetta, he, he, he which is, uh, which we can talk about too. Same album, yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, Neil Peart actually read this story about in a magazine and he wanted to turn it into a song, but he couldn't find the, the, the author. So instead, so he just put in the liner notes inspired by so-and-so. Um, but then again, years oddly enough, years later, they actually they actually connected. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. If Rush is yeah, since Rush is so big and popular, so um, about the Red um, Barchette uh, song, mm-hmm. that song's about cars, right? It is about cars. Okay. So the band members are into cars, but the drummer is into motorcycles, right? Yeah. That's an interesting question, and I would say I would say this that uh, you know Neil Peart did have a favorite car, and it was a 1948 Ferrari, um, yeah, uh, 166 mm, which is actually it's it's the it's the Barchetta. Um, so he liked that car a lot, but he had he had read uh, a story in the in it was actually in Road and Track in 1973, and he wanted to take kind of the story and make it into a song and he and, and he did um and then eventually he found he found the actual the writer at the, yeah. uh, you know and was able to give them give him credit um in terms of cars and loving cars you know i don't i don't quite know i know that you know neil pert liked a car i know getty lee was is really big into wine in terms of stuff, stuff like that and uh you know alex yeah. alex lifeson has a has his as a pilot's license i know that's i know that's true but in terms of cars, I don't know. Uh, I like to picture them driving in their whatever their favorite car is with their favorite dog, and just being like, "Here you go, Rachel. <laughs> Here's the answer for you." Questions. <laughs> uh, so my kiddo is eight, and so we've been driving around lately. And um, I remember when I was eight, my dad would would drive around and he'd teach me all the cars. Like, this is a Ford, this is a Chevy, this is a Ferrari, this is a Bentley, this is a Rolls Royce. I do that with my son too, but I'm like, there's a car, there's a car, there's a car. (laughs) And so (laughs) then my dad would then teach us, you know, the different parts of why this one is, you know, classic of a Ferrari, why the Mustang kind of shifted back into the shape. And so it just kind of listening to that song made me think, huh, I bet they're really into cars. I wonder. So, <laughs> but, What else did you like, Rachel? The spirit of the radio. I liked the guitar in that song, but also yeah. the drums in that song. That was kind of cool. Um, 
And I think a lot of their songs, the drummer really goes for it. And his talent is like just dripping. But the guitar in this song, I thought that was really cool that they pulled him out. Yeah, you know, that's one of my favorite songs too, Rachel. And I think the car, the car, the guitar in that song uh, for me is, I feel like with Rush songs, they, they, each piece by itself sounds great. But then when you put them together, you know, the, the bass, the, the guitar, you know, the drumming from Neil Peart, it, it just sounds like a cohesive whole. And and doesn't nothing sticks out, but it, it sounds better all together. And so, like with Spirit of the Radio, that's such a great fun. It's a great driving song. Mm. Right? It's a great beat. It's a great tune. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. That's cool. I like that. Um, the roll of the bones. I like that song. I kind of has a feeling that maybe it's from the eighties. I feel like uh, yeah. it's a little bit of Holland Oates sound, but not. <laughs> Well, yeah, so that that song, you know, that's actually came out, I think, 90 or 91, okay. which sounds a lot like the 80s. Yeah. And so, and you know, in fact, you know, if you go, if you, if you step back a few, you know, you know, in most of the 80s, in the late 70s, I mean, they were very synthy, right? So it's, it's going to sound, uh, you know, very much kind of in, in the spirit of the 80s in terms of kind of the new wave style of music and things like that. Um and so they actually, in some other stuff, they have some reggae as well. But it did. But but uh, we're hoping to cover new wave and reggae in season six. Yeah, I thought that was season yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. Well, do you have any more songs you want to talk about before we wrap up? So, Working Man. I think this may be another favorite of mine on the list. Mm-hmm. I like the lyrics, but the middle guitar part of the riff. I like the middle part of it versus the beginning of the end of the riff. And so I really like that song, but I just thought it was fun. You know, Rachel, it's interesting. Rush is such a, for some of their, their diehard fans, I mean, they're, they, they're just one of the, if not the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, rock band of, of the last 40 years. Um, and on the other hand, there are people that don't, you know, they hear Getty Lee's voice or they, they, they hear this or that. Like, ah, I don't want to hear about Rush. Guilty. Yeah. One of the things that you find out with Rush is as you listen to them and you just listen for a week is that there's a depth to their music. And there's a, there's a depth, not just in the musicianship, but in the, but in the, but in the lyrics, what they're trying to say, what they're trying to um, talk about and, and just, just come across as artists. And so it, Rush is like an onion where you should be peeling layers and there's more layers. Right. And that's the one and you know some bands you listen to, it's like, oh, you hear a song, okay, that's great, and you can kind of go to the next song. With Rush, it's like you have to, it's like a fine wine. You have to sip it and taste the subtleties and the flavor, and you, and that's why I, I that's why I like them is because they're not just an, an easy throwaway band. I have to, and that's what attracted me to them in, in the beginning, and why I still come back to their music, and it's so fresh for me, you know, even all these years later. Awesome, Gary, that's thank cool. you for sharing, Rachel. We have come to the moment of truth here. Uh, let's see. Can you rate? Oh, gosh. Can you rate the likelihood that you would listen to Rush again? How much you like Rush on a scale of one to 10? One being roll the bones into the grave and cover it with dirt and walk away. <laughs> Wow, that was graphic. <laughs> this is hard. This is a hard game. And ten. and ten being walking through your subdivision with a boombox blasting rush. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. I'm so I'm not choosing this number because that's your husband. I'm not good, because that would make me mad. <laughs> I know, because you want me to like it for what it is. Yeah. I'm not choosing it because my husband, my husband said oh are you doing this this week man are you listening to this song that song oh you gotta listen to this one is this one on your list we married the same person <laughs> i know <laughs> and so like you're right there is so much rush to it that some of the songs that he suggested for me to listen to weren't on the list and he's like oh man you're gonna have to listen to this one next week and i'm like 
I don't think this is the Beatles. It's it's not a two week <laughs> series. <laughs> not unless Gary takes over the podcast. <laughs> So what's your rating? You're leaving a solid suspense. I'm actually going to pick a 10 because I'm actually curious about some of those songs that my husband brought up and some of the stuff of the drumming. Like, I like beats. Because I liked Lizzo and Lizzo had beats. What? And the beats of Rush I like because there's some, there's some, I don't know, it's got the 60s and stuff to it. And then you got into the 80s. 90s. I know. I'm shocking myself too. Not only, I was certain that this would be me the too. one you would hate me the most. Too. I was shocked. <laughs> Gary, how do you feel about that? We haven't had a lot of tens lately. We actually haven't. I have been very picky about picking my tens. And you picked Rush. I don't know if it's because my husband. Because he got excited, too. And I got excited. I got to call him every week. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, um, it's kind of funny. I have some friends that call me, um, usually on Thursday. So, which is your next band for the next week? And I'm like, dude, why don't you listen to our podcast more? (laughs) (laughs) Gary, you you must feel deeply gratified at this moment. Do you want to share anything that's happening in your soul? (laughs) Well, that that's a that's a tall order on a podcast, uh, uh, but I would say uh, it it's really great to hear, uh, both surprising and exciting to hear that you found this music so interesting uh, that you would rate it so highly, and yeah. especially I mean this is a band that that means a lot to me, um, being one of the first bands I, I came across. Um, but now, you know, Rush actually they they they're they're done. I mean, so they they in 2015 they stopped. Yeah, so, you only so, have 40 years worth of music to listen to, which is a good you know you're, you're in a good place. But so you can go back and listen, and it's like you can just kind of enjoy their body of work. And and you know, a lot of the stuff you're not going to hear on the radio. Some of the songs on your playlist you will, but most of the stuff in their albums you're not. And so it's like uncovering these interesting gems. And so that because of that, I'm just really excited that you love Rush so much. Cool. Are you also still friend with that um, neighbor that introduced you to Rush? We're, we're, I still know him. Yes, I still know him. Cool. Well, I um, tip my hat off to him. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, if you, our audience, want to follow along on this totally confusing journey of Rachel's discovery of music, you can like us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. And don't forget to listen to this playlist and all the playlists by searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much and have a great week. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye-bye. Good. Oh, wait.